Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at infofellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, or go online to fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can use your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. Guys, we are pumped to be able to worship with you this morning. If you would stand where you are. Guys, what I love about worship is that when we're singing, a lot of the words and lyrics come straight out of scripture. They're from a story from the Bible. And so when we're singing it and when we're declaring it, we're not only declaring what God has already done in the days of the Bible, but what he is able, what he is willing, what he can do, and what he wants to do for you. So are we ready to just press in this morning? Come on, let's worship. Come on and put your hands together. Come on. Saturday was silent and surely it was through. But since when has impossible ever stopped you? <laughs> and Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Sing it out. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Fire is stirring something new. You're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon. Come on. Resurrection power runs in my veins too. I believe there's another miracle here in this world. This is the sound of Bible's battle. Stone that was thrown at the tomb. 
And it, and it doesn't even compare. And I'm wondering why in, in the past my life looked the way it did, why, why I didn't see the God's goodness in my life. And it was because I set my hope on something that wasn't good. I set my hope on something that wasn't God. And I think in, in seasons of life when we don't see the goodness of God, we can give up hope. But I think we have to ask ourselves, and I want to see each take a moment and going, where truly am I setting my hope right now in life? Am I setting my hope on God or am I setting my hope on money, on my financial security, on my investments? Am I setting my, my hope on God or am I setting my hope on this relationship with this person? on God, or am I setting my hope on just my, my overall future, my children, my, 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 my friendships, my happiness, my comfort? What am I setting my hope on? Because if it's anything other than God, then it's not good enough. Only God. So, don't give up hope. Set your hope on the one thing that will and always will be good enough, and that is God. And so, Father God, we truly do. We, we, we pick up where we have set our hope, and we take it off of the things that are not of you, and we set them on you, the solid rock, 
Jesus. We set it on your promises because we understand that all of those things, they are not good enough, but you, you are good enough. And when we have, do not see the goodness in our lives, we will not take up our hope and put it somewhere else, God. We will wait patiently. We will stand firm in the fact that you have declared in your word with your promises that you work all things out together for the good of those who love you. We will not pick up our hope and set it somewhere else. No, we set our hope on you and it stays there because you are the only one, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the everlasting God, and you will see it through till it is good. And we declare that promise. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's give God one more praise. We love you, Jesus. Yes. All right. Go ahead and take a seat, everyone. If you are watching online, we love our online community. We are so excited that you are watching. Give us a comment in the comment section, a fire emoji, praise hands. If you enjoyed worship, just let us know where you're watching from. We are so glad you are here. If it's your first time watching with us or if it is your first time watching or in this room with us, we are so glad that you have decided to join us today. We would love to give you a little bit more information about ourselves. And to do that, all you have to do is to text fellowship to 94000. If you do that, we'll get in touch with you, ask you, if you uh, ask you a few questions about yourself, as well as give you any answers and information about ourselves that you need. But once again, we are so glad that you decided to join us today. So as we're getting ready to give, there's a bunch of ways to give. You can, we don't pass buckets right now due to COVID restrictions, but you can drop off your tithes and offering outside, or you can give in a bunch of different ways. Uh, online as well as text giving or on our website. But there's this verse in Psalms, in Psalm 75, and it says, so each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. And this idea of each generation should set its hope anew. And maybe some of you have been a faithful follower of Christ for years and years, and you have kids and you have grandkids, and it's important that we teach our children and the generations to come, each generation to set its hope anew on Christ. And I think about my own kids. So I have a four-year-old, Molly Grace is her name, and uh, she has her dad wrapped around her little finger. Let me just be honest. Okay, I love that little girl. Uh, And then I have a seven-year-old boy named Wallace. He is so cool. Uh, And he's gonna do amazing things in life. And I just love, now they have been to church like every day. Uh, every Sunday since they were born, okay? They're like super churchers, all right? They, they, they don't even, like every, every Sunday, nine and 11, okay? So like they, they've been to church, uh, all right? And I just love it because what's amazing is that as much as they come, they aren't sick of it. They're still excited. I don't have to struggle to get them out of bed on Sunday mornings. And I look at our ministries and just the facilities alone that we have for our children, for the next generation is incredible. That K-1 class, I don't know if you have a kindergarten or first grader, they're stoked out of their minds right now because of what's going on in the kindergarten or first grade class. The fact that Spin City, we were able to get that jungle gym from Spin City as they close, and we are now putting it in our kids' church building is incredible, okay? It's going to be amazing. And then obviously we have 4640. We have some of the best facilities in the United States or in the world for these kids. And it's not just the facilities. And I'm kind of bragging on myself a little bit because I've been part of the children's and youth ministry for like 14 years now. But nonetheless, the programs, the people that are there, the, the pastors that are pouring into your kids' hearts and my kids' hearts, it's 
absolutely incredible. They are learning things about God. They are learning the books of the Bible. Wallace at seven years old, he can basically quote Genesis through uh, around Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations is where they're at. And now they're learning the entire books of the Bible, not what's in them, but well, at least not, he can't quote Genesis and you know, you get it. But it's incredible. They are learning about God and they, this generation coming up is learning about him, his word, salvation. They're just, they're getting it. And if you're wondering, why am, I, why am I supposed to be partnering with you guys financially? If you have no other reason, if you're a grandma, if you're an uncle, if you're an aunt, if you're a mom or a dad, this is why. It's so that your kids or your, your grandkids or your, your nieces and nephews, so that next generation will be, will be grown up and setting their hope anew on Christ. So please, it is working and God is doing incredible things in our kids ministry, in our, in our uh, elementary school and in our middle school and high school. And he's moving. And this next generation, man, we are gonna have some amazing kingdom movers, godly people raising up in these ministries. So partner with us, you won't regret it. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for everything you've given us. Everything we have, we know that you, you have given us, God, and we choose to be faithful stewards with it. God, we partner with you to continue to move forward your kingdom, to raise up the next generation that will follow you, that will serve you, God, and that will spread your word. And we thank you for it. And we love you. And God bless these people as they give. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's a video on what else is going on here at Fellowship Church. Coming up on March 14th, we have our guest reception. This is a great way for you to get connected, for you to meet some of our staff, some of our volunteers, get a tour of the building. Maybe you've been here for a week or two, maybe you've been here for months and you still don't know that much about Fellowship Church. Please come sign up. We have a free breakfast. It happens in between services. so You can still catch a service on either side of that. It's an amazing time. Sign up at the Church Center app. We have an incredible building that the Lord has blessed us with, and we want to steward it well. If this is something that's on your heart, please sign up at the Church Center app. We can be flexible with hours and times when it works for you to come in, help us clean, help us take care of this building. God has been so faithful to us, and we just want to be faithful back. So please sign up at the Church Center app. March 28th is our baptism. If you are ready to take your next step of faith and sharing your faith with the world, with your friends, with your family, Family, come sign up for baptism. It's in between services. It happens in 4640. You can sign up on the Church Center app or there's a booth at the west end of our lobby. This is such a special time for you to really show the world that you love Jesus, that you're taking that next step of faith with him and for him. Don't miss this incredible time. We are doing something completely brand new and we are doing a Camp 4640. Usually we stay in town and we do conference, but this year we are taking your high school and middle school students out of town up to Camp Cedar Ridge. It's called Camp 4640. You do not want to miss this. Invest in your students by letting them come up to Camp Cedar Ridge with us. It's gonna be a blast. There's gonna be so much fun and also a great time to connect with God. There's gonna be times of worship, times of healing, times of prayer for your student, whatever they've gone through the last year, 
Let them come up to Camp 4640 and experience the Lord, experience real and true friendship, connect with our pastors, connect with our volunteers. They do not want to miss this. Another brand new thing that we have never done before is coming up in July, July 18th through the 20th. This is for students going into third grade into sixth grade. It's called Super Kids Conference, and it is going to be just that. It is going to be a stay-at-home time where you get to drop your kids off during the day, and then you can go to work, do whatever you need to do during the day. But this is going to be an amazing time for your student to hear more about Jesus, to learn more about His Word, to grow in worship, to grow in their faith with each other and with Christ. Don't miss this incredible event coming up in July for your elementary age students. Now, please enjoy today's service. It's going to be amazing. God has something special just for you. Good morning, church family. I hope you are doing wonderful today. You look good. You look like you are ready to hear God's word. And I want to dive right into it today. The theme of this year is kind of a refocus on walking with Jesus. So today, I want to dive right into one of Jesus' teachings found in Matthew chapter 13. This is what the Bible says. It says, verse 24, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed into the field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. And the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. This morning, the title of my message is Leave It Alone. Leave it alone. Would you turn to the person next to you, look them right in the eye, and tell them, Leave it alone. You want now, now turn back to them and tell them, Leave me alone. I'm trying to pay attention. Why are you talking to me right now? Like, focus. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we pray that as we read your word, as we get into it, uh, that God, you've already promised us your word will not return to you void. So I I believe just reading your word today, God, you want to change us and do a work in our lives. And we pray right now, we, we ask you, God, would you change us? Would you open our eyes to see what you want us to see, open our ears to hear what you want us to hear, and change our hearts today, God, because we need your help, and we need to do life your way. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Have you ever noticed that there is always some area of your life where there's a struggle? 
It's like, have, have you ever got to the point, because I've, I've been there many times, where it's like, I wish I could just fire on all six cylinders at the same time. Like, I wish everything would be good for just a season, everything good. But it's like, there's always a struggle in some area. Like, things could be going great at work, and then you're struggling at home. Or maybe your marriage is just rocking, and your kids are freaking out. Or, or maybe your, your marriage is awesome, your kids are good, work's awesome, and then you get a surprise bill in the mail, and like now your finances are disrupted. It's like there always seems to be some area where, where there's a battle, some area where there's a difficulty, some area where there's a struggle. So you didn't know it a year ago. Because you're like, man, everything's fine, my business is going good, and then boom, worldwide pandemic, like we're shutting down. Kids quarantined again and again and again and again. Like, man, can things just go good for a little bit? It's like, man, it, it's a struggle, and that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying, okay, you're, you're trying to do good, you're trying to do life like the way I, I've taught you to do it. Like, I'm, you, you're living with purpose, you're living with destiny. Let me tell you a little story so that you can understand why is it that you go through the difficulty that you go through. And I love it because Jesus was always giving us these parables. He was trying to help us to understand what the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. So he says, the, the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he gives us an agricultural analogy. He wants us to understand what, what, what it, in a human form where we can we could say, I can relate to that struggle. I can relate to why that would work. Now I can understand why I'm going through the difficulty that I'm going through emotionally or financially or relationally. So he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a, a man who goes out and sows good seed into his field. But while they were sleeping, uh, don't, don't you know if you've ever done any agricultural work at all, like by no means am I a farmer. I'm not claiming that at all. I know there are farmers in this room and you would just laugh at me if I tried to, to talk about that. But I will tell you, we have done some uh, small town farming, some uh, gardening around our house. And, um, and I can tell you that, that that is difficult work. It is incredibly difficult. Gardening is hard. And we had no idea. Omni and I, uh, several years ago, we decided we were going to build a garden, and we didn't start small. We thought, you know what, we are going to take this whole section of our yard, and we are going to till it up, and we are going to plant edibles over in this area, and then over in this area, we're going to have all these sorts of, like, rose bushes and stuff like that. And we went to work, and, and uh, I can remember one day we were out there, and we were tilling the soil, and we were digging, and we were raking Actually, I should say, Amelie was out there tilling the soil, and she was digging, and she was raking. And, and I remember I was just sitting there. I was, I was tired. I was sweating just watching her work, you know? It's tough. It's tough to get out there and do work. And the Bible says, while they were sleeping. And, and I say that because I get so frustrated when I hear pastors sometimes and preachers sometimes. They, they get on the soapbox and go, that's what's wrong with the church. The church has gone to sleep and the church needs to wake up to the fact that we're in a battle in this world. No, 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 no. 
That's not what Jesus is talking about. These men were dog tired. They were working their tails off. They were sweating. They were tilling soil. They were sowing the seed. They were doing hard work. And when you do hard work, you get tired. There's no direction in this message. There's no direction in Jesus' teaching about the fact that that these men shouldn't have gone to sleep. No, they, they went to sleep because they were tired. And don't you know, anytime you're doing anything good, you're gonna get tired? If you decide you're gonna live your life for God, there's gonna be times when you get tired. If you're going to do anything, serve God, work in any industry, you're gonna get tired. If you're gonna raise kids, good Lord, you're gonna get tired, right? Like, any time you try to do anything of any value, there's going to be times that you're tired and you need to sleep, you need to recharge, you need to be able to rest because you know what? Our God is an unlimited resource, but you are a limited resource. And I am a limited resource. And that's why the Bible says God grants sleep to those he loves. That there are times that we need to be able to just rest and recharge and relax. And some of us, we recharge loud, right? I'm one of those loud rechargers. Every afternoon, every Sunday afternoon after I'm finished teaching, I will take a nap. And I can tell you that there are times that my kids will, will tell me, they're like, they're on the other side of the house when I'm napping. They're like, Dad, you're rattling the walls today. I'm like, I was just recharging. I mean, you might have a snorer in your house too. Like, are you next to a snorer right now? Like, you know when they're recharging, it's noisy to recharge sometimes, but, but we have to recharge, we, we need rest. So it wasn't that Jesus is saying anything wrong about the fact that they needed rest, but what happens is while they were recharging, while they were trying to get their rest, something went wrong. It says, this is verse 25, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and it went away. So we recognize now there, there's a third character in this story, the enemy. Because we have the master, the owner of the field that represents God. This is, this is a metaphor so we can understand what's happening in the kingdom. The master of the field that represents God. There's the servants that represents you and I. And then there's another character that we cannot miss and we can't forget about and we can't bury our heads in the sand. It says the enemy came and the enemy represents Satan. The enemy represents the devil. We have an enemy. And the enemy is going to try to make you stop. Why is he coming to, uh, to sow bad seed into your field? Why is he coming to attack you? Because he sees the potential of what God is sowing into your life and he has no ability to be able to stop what's growing in your life. But what he can do is he can try to put something in the way that's gonna distract you from what God has sown in your life. So he will sow weeds the same time that God is sowing wheat into your life. He will sow discouragement the same time that God is sowing blessings in your life. So he didn't come into the field and attack the field of, of your life and of my life because the field's bad. That's normally the first thing we think. 
you deal with a little bit of struggle or you're something like, man, I'm messed up. I, I'm just jacked up. I, that, that's, I, I brought this upon myself. And you know what? Sometimes we do bring things upon ourselves. Sometimes we do kick the door open and, 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 look, and look for battles that we shouldn't be looking for. But, <clears throat> but he's not attacking you because your field is bad. He's attacking you because your field is good. And in fact, when you start to see the, the, the attack and you start to see the weeds and you start to see the problems in your life, it's not evidence that your field is bad. It's evidence that the devil doesn't want you to produce what God has already planted in your life. So I hope and I pray that this is an encouragement for you today because some of you are going, if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not my health, it's my kids. If it's not my finances, it's my job. If it's not my relationship, it's my schedule. Whatever it is, when you start looking at that, you need to change your perspective because you're trying to think, maybe my field is bad. And you know, no, 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 no. The enemy is trying to plant an attack against you because what God is producing in you is so bountiful and so beautiful and so wonderful that he can't do anything to stop it. He just is going to try to imitate and distract and take away because he can try to get you to give up your joy in the middle of a harvest. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So now all of a sudden, if you're in the middle of a harvest and there's wheat growing around you, it says the same time that the, the wheat heads started sprouting there. There were weeds at the same time. Good things started happening, right? Blessings around me. My marriage is getting stronger. My finances are getting better. My kids are getting off drugs. And they're like, as soon as something good happens, you start to see the bad and you start to look at that. And like, what's the problem here? The problem is that the enemy is trying as hard as he can to get you to give up your joy. You throw up your hands and go, oh, it's all useless. Shouldn't do anything. I'm just going to give up on all this because if he can get you to give up your joy, he's, you've given up your strength. And we've got to recognize that our God, he wants, he wants you to see the harvest. And he's given us this parable. He's saying, so there's a farmer that goes out and sows good seed. And in the middle of the night, there's an enemy that comes and he... Uh, he sows bad seed. That, just a little side note. The enemy comes and sows bad seed because do you recognize that the, so you need to understand something about the lack of power of the devil? He is not a creator. He is an imitator. So he can't do anything that he hasn't already seen or God hasn't already created. All he can do is try to imitate and, 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 and emulate and cause counterfeits in our lives. So he sees God sowing blessings and, and he, he just, he's a phony, he's a fake. He can't do anything but go, well, I, I guess I could sow something. I'll try to sow something bad. So you've got to recognize all he can do is imitate what God does and just try to do it in a false way. That, that, that's the weakness that's shown here. And we see, so he goes and he sows bad things and says, when the wheat sprouted, it formed heads and the wheat, uh, weeds also appeared. See, when you're on the road to destiny, good things start to grow. 
when you decide I'm gonna live my life for Jesus, good things start to grow in your life. When you decide I'm gonna serve God, good things grow. When you decide I'm gonna trust him, good things grow in your life. But at the same time, you're gonna start to recognize that bad things are growing too. And is that God's fault? Is that your fault? No, the answer was an enemy did this. When you have an enemy who's trying to get you to miss out on the very fact that you are on the right path. I mean, I mentioned a moment ago, it's like, have you ever recognized how crazy life is and the fact that it's like, like family's good, health is bad, or health is good, finances are bad. Why is it that, that you can't just have all wheat without weeds? Like, that's what I want. That's what we all want, right? I just want the good without the bad. But unfortunately, the, the bad grows up with the good. And we see that the, the servants, they had this tendency to think, oh, we gotta do something about the bad. We gotta get rid of the bad. We gotta, we, we, we gotta, do, we gotta find a way in order to be able to uh, rid my life of any sort of difficulty. I gotta rid my field of anything that would grow up that would look, because what you, you might not know about tear is uh, the, some ver- translations of the Bible uh, use the word tear instead of wheat. Tear looks exactly like wheat until it sprouts. So as it's growing up, there are things that are growing around you that look like they're good things until all of a sudden as they've grown to, to maturity, you realize, oh, that was a bad thing. And sometimes in your life, that could be exactly what you're experiencing. It's like, I thought this was a good relationship, but maybe, maybe it's not. I, I thought this was a good idea financially, but, but maybe it's not because it looked good and it's not. And what we see here is the owner's servants came to him and said, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did this come from? And I wonder, what were they thinking? Were they actually thinking that they were gonna serve the master and everything was just gonna be okay? Were they actually thinking that you could serve God and, and not have any struggles? Were they actually thinking you could be married for 15 years and not have difficulties along the way? Were you actually thinking that you could own your own business and not have to scratch your head some nights about how to deal with the finances of it. I mean, what, uh, how, how, what were they actually thinking here? The reality is the more that you grow in the Lord, the more that you're gonna see that, that there's trouble that grows around you. Where did the weeds come from? And Jesus says that the owner said, an enemy did this. I didn't do this. This is a sabotage. This is a problem that, that I didn't create on my own. This, this just happens. And, and here's the problem is whenever you're trying to do something good, something bad comes out of nowhere and you see something bad trying to destroy something good. So when that happens, what we tend to try to do, and I'm just gonna be honest about myself, is I think I have got to do something to fix this. And, and I can tend to be a control freak. I can tend to look at any problem and think, if you just let me get my hands on it, I'm gonna fix this problem. 
<laughs> Is there anyone in this room who's sitting next to a control freak? <laughs> it's like you might not want to admit it yourself, but yeah, you're sitting there. Oh, I see. Oh, there's an argument breaking out in the room over there. It's like, I think, do you just let me out and I'm going to fix it? I, I, I can handle this myself. I'm, I, I'm going to be able to, if I just get my hands on it and do things the way I want to do it, uh, I, I am going to be able to fix the problem. And sometimes we are not just trying to fix the problem in our own lives. There are many of us in this room that maybe you're trying to fix the problem in other people's lives too. Ooh, not looking at anyone in particular. Talking about someone online, right? <laughs> Woo, he said. <laughs> Just let me get my hands on it. I'm going to fix it. He says an enemy did this. And it's interesting because we see that the servants decided they wanted to go to the master and ask the owner of the field. They wanted to ask God. God, what is your strategy? What is it that you want me to do about this? And I believe that that is where I'm getting to is there are so many of us that deal with so many different problems because we never stop and ask God, what is your strategy for fixing this problem? And there's so many of us that, that just like me, what you do is you see weeds pop up and you start thinking, I gotta pull this one and I gotta pull this one and I gotta pull this one and I gotta pull this one. And you go through life and you're striving and you're exhausted and you're putting out one fire after another and pulling one weed after another and you're at a point where you're like, I just can't handle this anymore and you're driving yourself insane and you never stop to even ask, am I supposed to pull the weeds? Because don't you know that we serve a God who's good at getting people out of trouble? Man, you could ask Joshua when he got to Jericho and saw the chariots on the walls around Jericho, is our God good at getting people out of trouble? You could ask the Hebrew boys who were in the fiery furnace, is our God good at getting people out of trouble? You could ask Lazarus, is our God good at getting people out of trouble? You could ask the 10 lepers, is our God good at getting people out of trouble? Our God is good at getting people out of trouble and he has a strategy, but here's the weird thing, is that if you've ever asked God for the strategy, how do you want me to get out of this? The strategies of God are crazy. I mean, they're weird. Let's just be honest. They are. Naaman, you're filled with leprosy. I know, God, would you, would you heal me? Yes, I want you to go bathe in dirty water seven times. <laughs> what? Hey, what are you talking about? Joshua, I want you to take the city of Jericho, but there, there's walls around it. I'm like, I'm ready. We got our swords. We're ready to fight. What do you want me to do? I want you to go for a walk. What? It doesn't make any sense. God, my finances, they're, they're messed up. I can't seem to make ends meet. I, he goes, I, I want you to trust me and I want you to put me first. What? God, my needs aren't being met in my marriage. Like, what do you want me to do? I want you to meet her needs. That, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I was, 
I was talking about my needs. Like, you listening? The strategies of God, they're strange and it's interesting because now, now they ask, what's the strategy? What do you want us to do? And, and it's interesting because here, here they are. Like, we have a problem. The, the master, our God is about to tell us the answers. You, you can imagine they're leaning in, right? They're leaning in. What do you want us to do? This is a problem. We're going to lose all of our profit. We're going to lose our fields. This, we're, like our future, our destiny, it's all in question right now. What do you want us to do? And they lean in. And he says, uh, uh, I want you to uh, leave it alone. Uh, what? Like there's weeds out there. It's taking nutrients from the soil and, and, and water and it's going gonna, it's gonna to choke out the wheat. And he's, no, 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 no. What I want you to do is I want you to leave this alone because what's happening is you're acting like your field got attacked. This is my field that got attacked. I have an enemy and my field just got attacked. So this has nothing to do with you. I want you to go back to just being a servant and taking care of business around here. And I am going to take care of the problem problem because this is my field. Oh, I learned this principle as a father because there are certain times raising kids that Omni and I have told our kids, you've gotten into some stuff and we say, you know what? I recognize that this isn't an attack just on you. This is an attack on our family. So what I want you to do is I want you to leave it alone because daddy's going to handle this one. I remember my oldest daughter, Rachel, she's about to turn 17. I remember when she transitioned from fifth grade into sixth grade. There were people that said, hold on to yourself because you're about to have a middle schooler. I did not realize. (laughs) Dear God, I pray over you that there's no drama in your house. I'm not speaking anything negative. But when they said, you just wait for middle school, good Lord. It was day one of sixth grade. Day one. I drop her off at school. We pick her up. And we're like, what in the world just happened? Because an issue came up. And the issue that came up came up where counselors were involved. And there was faculty involved. And there were all sorts of problems and drama. And she is coming at me. And she's like, Dad, what do you want? I'm going to fix it this way. I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go talk to the principal here. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, and, and you know how there's always two sides to a story. So like we sat back and we observed her a little bit to realize like is she fully telling the truth or there's, is there's another side to this? I need to understand what's going on. Like, and we watched her a little bit and we realized, wait a minute, this is the enemy sowing weeds into my daughter's life? And this is an attack straight up against my family. So I told my daughter, just like we read here, she's like, Dad, I could do this and I could do that and I could write a letter to my teacher. And then I said, no, what I want you to do is I want you to go back to school and just forget about this. Don't talk about this again. Leave it alone because I'm gonna take care of this. You have nothing else to do with it. You understand? She's like, no, but Dad, I can. I said, leave it alone. And daddy picked up mama bear. (laughs) 
And don't you know, anytime you, you bring mama bear into a situation, it's like, I started to realize that I don't have anything to say. I just actually need to, uh, I need to protect the faculty right now at this moment. Like, if she gets on you, I'll try to wrestle her off or whatever. Like, I'm sorry about that. But, but what happened is we got in there and we realized this was an attack against my field, against my family, and I'm going to take care of it. And you know what? Rachel never found out what happened, and she never found out how it got fixed, but it got fixed, and she just went back to class and went back to learning and went back to school. And that is exactly what the Heavenly Father is saying here. Jesus is saying, you know what, you are wearing yourself out and you are wearing yourself thin because you are pulling every weed you can find and you are going through life and you're trying to put out one fire after another. And if I could just fix this, if I could just fix that, if I could, if, if I could just get it all under control. You got a death grip on life and he's saying, leave it alone. And you're saying, pastor, are you telling me I got up and I got out of bed today and got my kids ready and and, and got dressed and showed up here at church today just for you to tell me don't do anything? That's exactly right. You need to go back to just serving God. You need to go back to just serving the master. Have you asked him what is the strategy for what you're going through right now? Because we have a God who fights battles for us. We have a God that says, whoa, 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 you messing with my kid? Then I'm right in the middle of it now. And you know what? He will let you go get right in the middle of your own fight. You can spend the rest of your life in that lawsuit. You can spend the rest of your life going through that divorce, going through the struggle in your family. You can spend the rest of your life struggling with these different things, or you could just say, God, what is it you want me to do? I put it into your hands, and God, I trust that, 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 that you're in control, and, go, and, and you just go back to living your life. Go back to worshiping God. Go back to praising him, and let him fight the battle. Don't you understand? This is the strategy. This is how we fight our battles. You look around at the fields around you and you feel like, I I just feel so surrounded by the enemy, so surrounded by difficulties. And we say, no, 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 I got this. Would you stand to your feet with me? I wanna ask any control freaks right now (laughs) to just be honest. And if you've been wearing yourself out, losing sleep at night, now I'm feeling that right now. Some of you aren't sleeping. You're, you're, you're waking up, you're solving problems in your sleep that, that you're never going to have to fight. You're, 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 you're plotting and you're planning and you're coming up with all of these different things in your sleep hours where you should be recharging and you're never gonna fight that fight. So then when you get into the fights that you actually need to fight, you're too tired to actually fight them. So leave it alone. Leave it alone. So for any control freaks in the room like me, would you just raise your hands up? And this is as a symbol of saying, God, I give it to you. The Bible says we cast our anxiety on him for he cares for us. And, and, and casting it, it's letting go. 
not, not I'm gonna give it to you, but I'm gonna hold on to it. No, I let go because this is your field. This is your plan. This is your will. So God, we're about to sing a song because we recognize right now we've been trying to struggle and strive through life where we should just be recognizing that you're fighting the battle. All we need to do is focus on you. So God, I pray right now for those of us that have that control and that death grip that you would give us the grace and the mercy to be able to let go and to be able to recognize that you're in control be with us right now as we sing these words and we declare them over our own lives, God, we pray that you would touch us, that you'd heal us, that you would change us now. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's sing this song together. This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how.
here today is that you are good seed. That's why you're still standing. That's why you've made it through what you've made it through. That's why you made it through this last year. That's why you made it through the difficulty is because you are the good seed. You, you are what God has planted in order to be a blessing throughout the earth. And it might feel like there's things choking you out and it might feel like there's things that you need to control, but no. What do we get from this story? We get from this story is that we need obedience. We need to be obedient to our God who when he says, I want you to just leave it alone and go back to serving me and go back to loving me and go back to living life and go back to class and go back to your work, that we just say, okay, I'm going to obey you even though it doesn't make sense. Even though it seems scary, I'm going to obey you because I trust you. I'm going to leave it alone. So God, we praise you right now and I thank you for the fact that you fight our battles and though it might feel like we're surrounded by so many of them, God, we're surrounded by you and you're in control of all of it. So God, I release right now in obedience right now to just trust you and I pray that you would be glorified in our lives where we would have the faith to be able to just say, you know what, I ain't doing anything with this. This is God's problem. And I trust my God. If you trust your God, let's give him a shout of praise. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.